Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. Hello, hello. Today I'm going to be sharing with you a replay of my guest appearance on the Divine Light Activation Summit. It was quite amazing. I was able to share about human design and how it can help you heal from narcissistic abuse. So Yara and I went in deep actually about more of mythology which was really cool about narcissism, as well as Inanna's descent. She's a Mesopotamian goddess. She's so inspiring to me. I have written her story in the new workbook I'm working on because she really exudes this almost, uh, it's like us, right? We, we think that we're flawless, and she exudes this flawlessness about her. And then she experienced some real dark, crap (laughs) she goes through all the way down to the underworld and comes back up a renewed person and that's really how I view us empaths who have experienced narcissism abuse so I know you're really going to enjoy this episode uh, and conversation with Yara and myself Welcome to season five of Own Your Divine Light Show. I am Yara Atlantica Miller, also known as Janet Miller. And our theme for this show is the divine human rising, recovering our sacred truth. And through this sacred truth, we have been through so many challenges in the last three years that we really are ready to own who we are, to own our authentic self, to step into our sovereignty and our power. And so this this is why this energy of the divine human rising, which is so prevalent right now, is so important to talk about and share. And and I'm so excited to have an amazing guest today, Raven Scott. So welcome, Raven. So glad you're here. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And let me tell you a little about Raven. So Raven Scott is a narcissist abuse survivor. She's an author a human design reader and certified meditation teacher. She believes we are all unique and have a purpose that our energetic blueprint has can reveal to us. She searched for answers after leaving a toxic relationship that left her broken and broken and wondering who am I and found that human design gave her all the answers and more. And we're going to talk a little about that at the end of the show. So stay till the end. It's going to be awesome. After discovering her life's purpose, strategy, and in your in your authority through her chart, it, she said on she was sat on her path to relentlessly heal and help others to do the same. In this karmic life, she is the author of Empath and the Narcissist: A Guide to Heal from Childhood Trauma with Amazing Effective Exercises and How to Live as Your True Self with Human Design 101. And she is the host of the Empath and Narcissist podcast. Her mission is to help empaths regain their sparkle back after the world has conditioned them to lower their sparkle. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. And I am thrilled that you're here. And Raven, your work has been just incredibly powerful. 
I, I learned about you through you meeting me first. And it was, it was amazing. I had no idea how to put a name to the people that have affected us. Being empaths, we're both empaths. We're very yeah. sensitive beings. And so our world has been affected by different people around us because we're such gentle souls. And I never knew the word was narcissist. I mean, I kind of knew where I grew up. I knew my family. I knew I had to leave. And um, but narcissist, can you tell, do you know what the actual meaning of narcissist is? I mean, off the top of your head, how would you say it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes from the ancient Greek mythology of Narcissus. Uh -huh. So that's the root of the word. And the mythology is this, um, good question. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics if he's a man or a God, but I think he's a man. I don't yeah. think he's a God. And he became obsessed with his reflection. So much to the point that he could not leave his reflection in the water and he couldn't drink the water. So he just like literally froze there and shriveled away like he was obsessed with it. And he actually has a lover and her name is Echo. She's a nymph and she was um, cursed to... Um, just like be an echo like she couldn't she her voice and her own authentic person was um, banished by um, a goddess mm -hmm. and she must have done something bad I don't know why but um, yeah so she was it's like I see that as the narcissist and the empath the That's empath great. is like you become a shell of yourself when you fall in love with this type of person and there's lots of tactics that they do it so it's not like oh you're a bad person because it's just like this, you you have such an open heart and you fall for all their tricks mm. and therefore you become an echo. And all that was left after he wasted away was the echo of whatever anyone else said. Like her own identity was gone. Mm. So I just think that's so powerful. Really I mean, powerful that's a perfect symbolism. example. And, and a few of your podcasts I've listened to are so incredible because you always bring in the gods and the goddesses and stories that really, I listened to the one about Inanna and that oh, was incredible because it talks about our shadow side and it was the most perfect example. I've never heard anyone put it so perfectly. I said, you really have some down to earth, amazing examples of how to identify what's going on in your life. And I love that because I even saw it in a different way. I'm like, wow. So that Inanna's story was incredible because she went to save her sister in the underworld and came in with all these garments on, like she wore seven, many different jewels and garments and a wig. And, and they thought they would trick her. So she had to go through the seven gates because once you go into the underworld, you're not supposed to leave the underworld, correct? Yeah. And the sister was skeptical. She was like, why is she visiting? I think she made it an excuse that she was coming to grieve the death of her sister's exactly. husband. Yes. But you're not supposed to come to the underworld like fully decked out. And right. if you're grieving, you shouldn't be fully decked out either. So her, it was like there's that narcissistic trait in Inanna coming like uh -huh. to the gates, like I am the goddess of everything, of light and the sun. So therefore, and I and I wonder, it doesn't really say that, but I wonder, it's like, did she want to replace her sister or share the throne with her sister? Like take the whole thing? Who knows, right? But that, that's like mm. the story of the shadow self is that arrogance that like, I'm not going to lose anything. I can go down in the underworld and come back up versus like 
you can avoid the rules, which I can relate being with a narcissist. I thought that I could change him. Mm. I thought that I was the exception versus everyone else he was with, or, you know, they, you kind of like think that, well, no one else can get through to them, but I can, because I can truly see who they are. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, like Anana, she got stripped of everything. Every gate she had to give up mm -hmm. her, her scepter. She had to her give up her part. robe. Yes. She was naked by the time she got there. And then the ironic part was it wasn't even her sister's, uh, like judgment. Her sister was like, okay, you're here naked. And then she took the throne from her sister. Right. But that her, was strange. Her, yeah. Yes. Right. So that kind of shows you like she had a dark motive to go there. She took the throne for whatever reason. Maybe she felt like she had to get something back because she was so stripped naked. You know, mm. like there's so many ways you can kind of interpret that. And then the judges are who killed her. Right. So she gets hung on a hook. And it wasn't her sister who sought revenge. It was the judges of the underworld who really exactly. had the power, mm -hmm. right? So it was like this karmic thing that it's not uh, us humans don't have this like ability to seek vengeance or get justice. Like it's mm -hmm. karma. <laughs> that's that's mm -hmm. the only power that can. That's yeah, <laughs> a really cool, really cool tale. It really, is. Really cool I remember the rest of it because I just listened to it and it said, that she, um, Enki took pity on her. He's a not, you know, they said he was an Anunnaki, which is very interesting to bring that name in there. And mm. um, he, he allowed her to, she made a deal, well, she actually had her guards waiting. She, she told her guard on the earth plane after three yeah. days, if you don't, if I don't come back, come and save me. Yeah. So when the guard showed up, Enki felt pity for her, so she he made a deal with the sister. She one of them made the deal with the sister that if the sister if she could stay uh, in the underworld for six, half the time and then go on to the earth plane for half the time, or Inanna made the deal. I was a little confused. I think it was Inanna made the deal to go out, so she left. Yeah, I think he begged for Inanna's freedom. Yeah, that was a, just initially that was his thing. Like that's all he came with. Is like I was begging for her freedom. Yeah, and she's like, well, someone has to take her place. So who's going to take her place? Right. And so that was the journey, like, oh, is it this person? Is it that person? And, and Nana saw that it, like, she had compassion for each of the people who actually, they were like servants, but they were friends who actually cared, cared for her. For her. Yes, yes. And then she saw her, which I thought was a really funny part of the story, her husband, yes. who was surrounded by all these women. He was cheating on her, essentially. Exactly. With all these grapes. And she was like, yeah, he can go down. Exactly. <laughs> He's not caring for me. Said, oh, I was like, my. that is the empath rising and like, oh my goodness. you know, yes. having her like a justice moment with the narcissist yeah. deserving to go to the underworld. It's so but there, there and was the half and half. I think it was his sister or his mother. I forget now. It was one of his relatives yeah. that said, no, he can't go down forever. And so I think it was his sister. So her sister-in-law and him traded places in the underworld half and half. And that's where we get the winter and the spring. Yes. That's what created the seasons. <laughs> I mean, I mean, those, those stories were always my childhood. I loved those stories as a child. Mm -hmm. I used to read those books, only those, you know, they tell you to go to the library, read all these books and kids are reading, you know, Dick and Jane and I'm reading gods and goddesses. I'm like, no, no, I want this. I couldn't get enough of it. So when you started, I started listening to you and you have all these amazing God and God. I'm like, 
wow, she is like my soul friend here that you can just connect to that in such a beautiful way. Now, I can't remember all those stories because I haven't read them in so long, but it was so perfect when you I read that about or listened to that story because it was a perfect depiction of the shadow self in so many ways. And the woman, you know, and it could be a woman cheating on the husband. It could be reversed, you know. So we're not just saying it's all men because it isn't. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's good to, you know, people, we always look at the male because, well, they're the stronger sex. So we look at them first, but, you know, and stronger and in masculinity, think, stronger in physical. Yeah. yeah but I, and I think the time where that was written as well, the divine feminine was not crushed. Right. So the divine yeah. feminine, right. She was the goddess of the sun. Yeah. Oh, and there God. were other gods. It wasn't like only those in power are men. Oh, no, this is just was one tons. particular story, but yeah. It was much more and balanced back God, then. And I just loved it. I just thought, so that was a perfect story about the shadow, you know? So, so yeah. now you talk about the authentic self and where, now what, how do you feel all the work you've done with the narcissist, you have created your authentic self. It's such a huge path. It's not an easy path. It took a lot. You reckon, I mean, I we have so many similarities. You grew up, you know, Catholic in a way. It was a different kind of Catholic church than I had heard of, but I grew up in the, the Catholic church and went to Catholic school 12 years, just like you, Christian schools. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I did feel like my life was really sheltered, even though it really wasn't because I grew up with a lot of narcissists. I mean, my family, my, you know, my, 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 personal growing origin family with narcissists so yes go ahead what were you going to say you were isolated so you were sheltered yes. you weren't sheltered from the bad you were sheltered by the bad uh, yes. in a bad system and you also recognize that in your life it's it's crazy how you realize that so i saw you said you you dreamt of ways to leave finally and I remember remembering, as a, you, you said, I said, I dreamt since I was 10 years old of leaving my home. So at 19, I actually did it. And you said, do it when no one's around. And I did it when no one's around. Mm -hmm. And I got out and I was, that was it. I was done. I was never, I never went back. I mean, I did go visit, but I never went back to live. And, and it was never, nobody accepted that. Nobody in my family accepted that. They banished me in so many ways. And well, because it was, it was a rejection. Yes, when I, I shame them. them, and you talk mm -hmm. about shame and blame, we live with that shame and blame, which is what the narcissists cast on us, that it's our fault, it's our doings that bring all these things forward in their lives. And, you know, it's the way that they deflect their responsibility. It's a way that they don't grow. And it's a way that they can control us. And especially children of narcissistic parents, it's it's so heartbreaking because that is you're you're looking to your parent as your rock as your guide as to how to live in the world and when they're constantly seeing you as an extension of themselves mm -hmm. and like your actions define mm -hmm. their identity and how good of a person they are it's just so unhealthy it because it creates that toxic interaction the shame and the blame is the only way they can guilt you into controlling to do whatever they want you to do so they look good and it has zero consideration on what you as a unique being need in the world you know your emotions are diminished you, you aren't seen as a person you aren't heard and it can be a really traumatizing foundation 
It's yeah. incredible. You can put all those words to it because I could never have put all those words to it. But now I, you know, hearing you, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I lived it with. So it's so interesting. And, you know, I made it through it. We're here. We're doing work to, you know, help others as we heal. It's been a long journey for both of us. Mine probably took longer than yours because you're younger than me. And, you know, it's so great that you could, you can pass it on to your children in a very positive way. You can yeah. start from the beginning with them to help them look at themselves as full people, that they're, they're important, they're valued, their, their emotions are valued. Like you talked about, you know, children allow them to uh, release these emotions that they don't have any control over yet. You know, the old way was, you know, stop talking, stop crying or I'll make you something to cry about, you know, that old sentence, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's not. I see so many young parents able to, you know, sit with the child, hug them, take a moment and stop. I never saw that my entire life. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, okay, <laughs> wow. I was like from another world, you know, like, wow. Mm -hmm. And it is another world because we've shifted so much. It just shows how the human is rising. The divine human is rising us because you could heal yourself to such a point that you can do this for your children. You broke all the chains of all that narcissist uh, in your life, that, that level of narcissism and, and, and recognizing the patterns and helping others like all the things you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you had asked earlier, what is narcissist? You know, clinically it is a personality disorder and spiritually I see it as a very unconscious human being in their deep, deep shadow and not willing to change versus what you're talking about rising into your consciousness, mm -hmm. changing the generational curses doing what needs to be done emotionally, the work, the growth mm -hmm. to allow your child to be an independent person versus an extension of yourself. Yes. And then in partnership, you know, not feeling codependent or having to control them so that you feel secure or loved. Like that's the narcissist yes. shadow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's scales to that. And I, I really think that it's like a scale of consciousness. How aware are you? How, how much are you seeing the world through your ego's eyes versus your soul's eyes? Mm -hmm. that's and that's essentially the scale of narcissism. Like how blind are you and how awake are you? And then you have to be careful too, because there are spiritually aw awakened people who are manipulating and who are using that for power. So it's mm. again, like how much are you in the light versus the dark? Boy, that's so true because, you know, there's so much of that going on in the world. You know, you talk about, they got the, the truther movement on YouTube. There's so much going on there. I just, I don't, I don't go into any of that. I just look at it and go, wow, it's just, nobody's can escape from this. You just have to be aware and learn and be willing to look at yourself. It's all this willingness, right? To look at who you yeah. are and, and what, Am I living the life I really choose to live? Am I the person? Like, that's what you always, you said, I became the person I was meant to be. This is what you released. You turned into who you are and, and who, look at the things you're done. Yeah. So, we're, so we're talking about society and toxic people can condition us to doubt ourselves. 
to become our authentic selves so yeah, much. Talk about conditioning. I mean, that was definitely a hero's journey for me. You say, look at all you've done. I can't believe it. And of course, now I have aspirations to do more. But looking back, I mean, I'm just a normal human being. Looking back, I started yes. to write my book and my mom panicked and like cried on the phone. I was like, how can you do this to me? <laughs> I'm like, I'm really not trying to throw you under the bus. I'm trying to just share my truth and story. Sure. And I reevaluated. I pulled back from that version of the book. Okay. And it gave me another place of growth to be like, okay, let's, let's share the story without, you know, hurting somebody. Right. But it's like right. that conditioning, right? Like that guilt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was for my healing. And then yeah. for a while I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't, but that was just a bit of still her ego saying, no, don't air our dirty laundry. Oh, Absolutely. That means I'm going to look bad all over again and I'm going to get judged and I can't handle that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you have to get to a point as that light worker or even in your own specific personal journey. It's like, well, that's a you problem. If I'm doing it with love and I'm not talking bad about you, I'm sharing my truth, then that's all that you can do because I've helped so many people because I was able to brave through that guilt. Mm. And on top of it, my ex blackmailed me. So I was like, all right, I'll just put the blackmail in my book and therefore your power is gone. <laughs> that <laughs> you know, is so great. To, yeah, so I haven't read your whole book yet and I highly recommend that to people. You have a copy because I know if I show it here, it's going to be hard to see with my background. It's a beautiful oh. book. About the narcissist. I don't know if you can oh, right see it. Oh, look, me. can you see it? I hold it a little bit closer. Yeah, right there. Like in front of your face or maybe. Right, come on, Janet. Yeah, oh yeah, that's it. There you go. Oh. <laughs> it's always crazy. I love it. Backgrounds there. The, the blue screen. So that, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the best. Anyway, it's a beautiful book. You can get it on Amazon. Empath and Narcissist. Highly recommend it. If you're living with this or you're not sure you're living with this, this will help you answer so many questions just by, you know, all the things that you know Raven is talking about in that book. It's just incredible. And listening to her podcasts are absolutely enlightening to the point of you know you can you can heal just by listening to them and it opens so many doors to things that I was like oh wow I never looked at it that way I mean I've got so much understanding now and I've come to the forgiveness and I've healed that it took so long I have to say it took so long but like you said it doesn't happen easily and true healing doesn't happen overnight Every single person, no matter how long it is, it's a multi-layered onion. So mm. you can't like bite into the onion and be done with it. Like, oh it's, gosh, no. Right, I mean, you can't even cut it, right? Your eyes are crying. <laughs> like it's a shitty process to prep an onion. And it's like the same thing with all this trauma and, you know, pain and emotions and your ego and shadow and all this stuff. Like it's one yeah. layer at a time. And, you know, until we can really, you know, look at our shadow and look at our lives and look at all the learnings we've learned through those shadows. I mean, I used to say it was all the trauma and the hurt, but it's also learning because we learn so much about ourselves through the trauma, unfortunately. But that's how we learn in this earth plane, it seems. This is the root of the duality we are in. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, if it's easy, we're not going to learn. Right, right. We just, we don't, we learn, unfortunately, through pain. That's how we decided to choose it on this planet. So, right. you know, 
And you talk about how you can shift from codependent victim of a narc abuser to stepping into your own purpose. I know I was so codependent, not realizing it. And probably still have a little of that there. I mean, it's not gone forever, but so much. I mean, I, I didn't think I could ever leave home, but I thought of it, at, you know, at a very young age and I did do it at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I was very proud of myself that I could do it because I was scared, but I was more willing. I was more wanting to take care of me and survive and lead my own life than to be living someone else's life, which is exactly what you're doing, aren't you? When you live with a narcissist. Yeah. Or two yeah. of them. <laughs> it, yeah. Or two of them. Yeah. Double dose. That would be horrible. Yeah. I, it, it's like this process took me seven times. I would yeah. think of it and yeah. dream about it. And then I would have, we'd have an argument and be like, okay, that's it. This is not right. I know I shouldn't be here. Leave. And then that codependency, I didn't know I had, I had no idea either, Jen, that I, I, I only, when I went to therapy, she was like, have you, oops, have you read this book? Uh, she like gave me a book about codependency. You may be, and this was like after months, right? Of her just listening to me going to her, I don't know how she did it. She held it in. She's like, immediately this, she knew I was codependent. She's like, yeah, yeah. this girl has some stuff to work through and yeah, codependent. Was it, it called Codependent No More? Was it the one by Melody yeah. Eady? Yeah. Yeah. That is the yeah. Bible, I should say, of the codependent people. I, that was mine too. That was my first introduction to what is codependency. Had no idea. I mean, I can tell you yeah. that title without even thinking about it because it was such an important book. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I couldn't think of it when you said it right away. I was like, yep, that's it. And I can see the, the yeah. cover. Melody Beattie. Yeah, Melody yeah, I, I think I read it multiple times. Groundbreaker. Oh, my gosh unbelievable yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so that book did help with that the therapy helped um and so many other things helped like my spiritual journey and really getting pregnant to be honest <laughs> getting yes. pregnant and knowing like i need to break the cycle absolutely um, helped a lot and it, it was easier for me to break free and go no contact with my ex because we didn't have any children i had my own money like i was very fortunate yeah. that I could sign a lease and get out, which I know it's a lot harder for those who are financially abused and have to start a whole new life and career and like build up their, their finances. Oh yeah. That's the hardest path. That's that how they the stay trapped. That's, that's yeah. exactly how they stay they trapped. They control you through finances. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but thankfully my mom always said, you always have your money just in case, like for some reason she just had this premonition or that was just her wow. idea. Um, that's so I always nice. had my money. Uh, but with my family, and even though they aren't, you know, NPD, I still was very unhealthily codependent in all my other relationships, friendships, my family. Yes, it runs the spectrum, doesn't it? it, yeah, it you, you see the pattern and you're like, oh, maybe the problem isn't everyone else, it's me. And so you kind of switch yes, up you how you approach mm -hmm. yeah, the boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so, people pleaser, that famous people pleaser, which is such an old yeah. term, but it just yeah. says it as perfectly as you can say it. You can't say it any different. Yeah. Now we talk about gaining your sovereignty. Well, that's identifying those parts of us. That's our shadow parts, the people pleaser, looking at that and saying, okay, that person is, you know, this is not who I want to be. I don't feel good in this role. Yeah. We don't feel good. Yeah, enough. and I remember my my dad got so mad at me that I had said that I was a people pleaser in my book. That was like the one thing that really bothered him. But you know, looking back, you know, knowing my human design, it just was already there. 
in my chart. And I just didn't have the tools to know and recognize that that was always going to be an area of growth for me, no matter how loving of a household I was in, no matter how much it was my journey to shield up certain centers in my chart. So I wasn't codependent anymore. Like it didn't matter what kind of environment I was in. It wasn't like yeah. all their fault. I mean, definitely that I feel like the religious culture they were in stoked it, but that's about it. You know, they're very loving. But it was just wonderful in my chart. Mm, yeah. So your journey was just to learn this and probably become the teacher in it. I mean, you you made that contract on the other side. To, you had to learn through a certain way. Of course, we never know what that way is until you come into this reality. And then you got it that way, as, as did I in my own early years. So, And we can't share anything unless we've lived it in so many ways. You can't. You're not a good teacher. You're not really a true teacher unless you've lived through these things. I mean, I've always found that, you know, like if you go to therapists or something and they haven't lived through things like you have, they're only talking through a textbook. Yeah. So how can they possibly even understand what you're going through? So you've been, you were fortunate to find the right ones to help you through this, you know, because I had many, I had many myself. Mm -hmm. And I remember my energy, my, I was in healing school because I'm an energy worker as well. And my, my energy teacher said, yeah, you're with her, but she doesn't know what to do with you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> she doesn't know what to do with you because she does, she couldn't name, she couldn't really name things for me. She, I think mm -hmm. she was stuck on her own. The problem is half the time, the people you're with yeah. have the same problems you do and they don't identify them. And, and I had a couple of those as well. One I had that was- Are you talking about- Oh, a therapist. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's, it's good to be able to be conscious and recognize like, I'm kind of not going anywhere. Like keep track in your journal with this particular therapist. Like she, she can't quite connect. It's perfectly okay to find a different therapist who you truly connect with. It's called therapy shopping. Like it's perfectly Yeah. Normal. Yeah. Well, I wasn't such a great shopper. Let's put it that way. I wasn't the best shopper, but um, <laughs> what I did was I liked having someone to listen. I needed mm -hmm. someone to listen to me because I always felt like I was never listened to. Did you ever feel that? I mean, you felt that as being with a narcissist. That's so, oh, that's yeah. like you said, that is part of their, their, yeah. their way. Yeah, absolutely. I never, ever felt validated for how I felt until I started talking about it to my therapist. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was so, such a breath of fresh air. I mean, even being able to grab the remote control and sit down and watch reality TV show, <laughs> like guilty pleasure. Yeah. It was such a breath of fresh air. I'm like, I have control, the remote control. Like, this is amazing. But that, those are all the simple pleasures once you leave the narcissist. That's so good. Yeah. It's amazing what you learn when you, yeah, when you break free from those patterns. I felt yes. the same way when I left home. So, um. What, what else can we talk about with the divine human rising, how you are, you have so many steps to help the narcissist, the people who have been, you know, empaths and all those affected. What would you tell people right now that need to hear like simple steps to help them get into mm -hmm. the best situation or to get out of the situation and to how to, you know, how to manage the situation, let's put it that way, or know whether mm -hmm. they have to get out. Like there's two ways. I mean, and you say there's levels of narcissists. So some levels, maybe some narcissists you can live with because it's not as bad as, you know, the levels that maybe you got into. I mean, that's why I left my home. It was just that bad. I had to go. But 
there's other levels that sort of keep you well i see it now and i can i can work with it there's way like you, it's boundaries right you can set some boundaries yeah so. i think boundaries is a great one but you can't draw boundaries until you know you're absolutely not being treated properly because this is the trick about narcissism is they convince you that they're doing it for your own well-being right and you don't even know you're being abused like it's so <laughs> mind twisting and they jumble yes. your wires up and then yes. they gaslight you and they deny that they even said that mean thing and they're adamant about the denial so much to the point that they believe it and so you're like I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And exactly. This is where the, oh, like, I get the, that. Yes. The first yeah. step is to just acknowledge that you're not crazy. The mm. other thing is, is that you start to think that you're the narcissist. If you're questioning that you are the narcissist, that is the first step to acknowledge that you're not. Because the narcissist will never contemplate and introspect Hmm, am I the narcissist? No. <laughs> that means you're not a narcissist if you're point. asking yourself <laughs> the question. So the first that. step is recognizing, right? And the next step is really understanding who you are. Because that again, this is why I love human design, because you can see your energetic blueprint. You can see where your back doors or your windows are open to allowing the narcissist lies and manipulation and emotional guilt to pressure you energetically. Mm -hmm. And then you can screen those off and start to really gain your truth back, gain your power back, and honestly, like gain your sanity back. And then that's where you then can be like, okay, now I can draw a boundary. Cause I know that this is, you know, hitting into my will center. Let's say you have an open will center. I'm gonna pause, step back and not believe this lie. Like no more, I'm not gonna believe this lie anymore. And so that's really where you can gain your power back is through that's, that. That's I mean, yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's quite a, it's quite a journey to go through all that and to under recognize it. Yeah. It's such a, what is insidious? It's kind of insidious in so many ways, isn't it? That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say narcissism is definitely insidious. insidious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. That's a good yeah. Word. So I know that, um, so how you always talk about human design. So how, like you're talking about the open centers. And I think if you, 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 I know for you, you helped heal yourself through learning about your human design. So that's, I think I've also been introduced to that by like by a friend a year ago. And I, I just have dabbled in it a little. I know what I am. I'm a projector. And yeah. I think you are a generator, correct? You're a generator. I'm a generator. Yeah. Yes. And, which is, and there's like five different aspects of it, right? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. I actually have a, an example of your sure. chart if you want. We can kind of yes, go through I'd that love to. so I'd people love to. understand. So people, yeah, because it's very powerful. Yeah. You know, I do something called the divine design mapping, which tells you about mm -hmm. your life purpose, which is also cool. But this is yeah. another level. It's like incorporating so many different things. It's it's mind blowing. Yeah, they both. Yes. Yeah. So it's a combination. It's a modern system. It was just downloaded in 1984. Four, I believe. Okay. And so it's it's um, a combination of all the ancient systems, though. So mm. it's the I Ching, Kabbalah, the chakra system, astrology, and then the new the new part is the science of neutrinos, which is essentially neutrinos are tiny particles that are less than mass. Like they're still debating: are they mass or are they not mass? 
and they are a, a product of fusion. So out Maybe in it's a space, wave. I just got it's a wave. Don't ask me why. But I love that. That's yeah. totally it. That's it. It's a yeah. wave, right? So it, it travels from the fusion and it goes through, and let's say it passes through Jupiter mm -hmm. and it keeps passing at the, the speed of light. And then it imprints into your being, your body. And there's two different imprinting. There's the subconscious, which is um, three months before you're born, and your conscious, which is the, the month you're born. So it's like, it's, it's almost like explaining astrology, this neutrinos. It's like, how does Jupiter wow. affect me? You know, it's like, because that in that moment of time, you know, that neutrino passed through Jupiter came over and then imprinted it into your body at this very moment. And this is where Jupiter was right on yes, the, yes. the circle. And so the therefore that's kind of, of astrology are so exact. Yeah. And, and that's how it affects us and makes us who we are. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then it's translated in the human design chart as your gates. So mm. all the little numbers on your chart line uh. up with where the planet was at the time of your birth. And then at the time, three months before you're born. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that part at all. That's, so cool. Yeah, it I really know. is. So I, I know, what have I, I think I had, I had a piece here, but I don't know if I can find it now. I had it, but I moved your, it. Your Hold chart? On. Yeah. Well, I had just my little, um, I know I am a projector of 6-2. What does the 6-2 mean? Yeah. So 6-2 is your profile. This is um, one of the big parts of your main themes of your personality. So six is the role model, two is the hermit, and there's six lines. So you have a whole bit different combinations. You could be a one, three, one, five, right, yada, right. yada, keeps going, right? Yeah. And so six, just in particular of your example, is the role model. So you take on responsibility of whatever happens. If you're in a group, you just naturally become a leader. You're like, okay, you guys, let's do this. Let's take you take charge. <laughs> and you're like, we can do this. You know, being that role model to people around you. They just see you, see what you're doing, and they're like, oh, I want to do it like her. Like, she's doing something right, you know? Like, that role model energy is always around you. That's so and it can, yeah. it can be uh, daunting. It can be like yes. you can get exhausted from it because yes. you take on too much responsibility, mm -hmm. right? So then it, it's interesting, particularly with yours, and I relate. I'm also a 6'2". Uh, the two okay. is the hermit. So the two is the hermit. So you're like, okay, I'm done taking responsibility. You guys need to yes. figure this out on your own. <laughs> Let me retreat for a while and like just not talk to uh -huh. anyone. So you, you have like the extrovert and the introvert in your major personality theme. That is crazy. So technically you're an omnivert. So sometimes you feel like <laughs> you're ready to go and be that, you know, extrovert. And other times you're like, I just need to, like the last time we talked, you're like, I'm so tired. Like, it's because you were in that hermit mode. You're like, I just need to just like yes. retreat. I have to up. honor it. You know, <laughs> knowing human design a little bit, I've been able to honor myself in new ways that I wasn't able to do before. Exactly. Don't feel guilty that you're tired no. because you've taken too much responsibility. Like mm -hmm. it shows you so much of your, your personality and your, like we're talking about the shadow, the Anana and your ego, like how much of that you can now become conscious about. Mm -hmm. you know, and elevate and like break through this type of kind of just autopilot toxic patterns, right? This is the the map, the blueprint of how, like, we always talk about out right now in the culture, like breaking toxic patterns, breaking toxic cycles. Like, 
how do you do that? How do I even know what my toxic cycles are? Mm -hmm. Well, of course you can recognize in your behavior, but if it's like innate and so subconscious, you can't recognize it. So this, I mean, human design pretty much tells you <laughs> where your what we need. We're trying to bring our subconscious into our conscious right now. I think that's yeah. how we gain our sovereignty. That's how we truly, yeah. that's our sacred truth. Recognizing our sacred truths is, is this, this kind of work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. So it's, it's okay to take time to retreat as mm -hmm. a hermit. It's okay yeah. to take that quiet time. You're not being a recluse. You're not dropping all your responsibilities. You're just mm -hmm. recharging. And especially you as a projector, your sacral center is undefined. So you have an inconsistent energy source. And when you're around a lot of people, you amplify that. Mm -hmm. which can be very exhausting because you, it, it's almost like running on fumes. And if you have too much fumes, it becomes volatile. And then, you know, poof, it like blows up and then there's no more energy left. So it's a it. conscious thing, right? You can, yes, you can yes. feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's a conscious thing to recharge on your own. You have energy sources, but you need to recharge on your own. Yeah, we have to physically recharge so much. I mean, projectors mm -hmm. have to. I know that. I'm learning that now because last year I was really just burned out on everything. The world events, life, yeah. doing different things that were new. I just, I took the half of the year off basically. Just didn't do a lot of heavy, heavy stuff like I was doing the past two years. And I just felt so free. And I, I came into sort of a totally relaxed state, which I recommend for everyone listening. These are the things we have to learn about ourselves. That's why we're sharing this. This isn't just about me here. This is me just showing you what I've done and what Raven has done to get to where we, we, we like who we are. We accept who we are. And we, we, we live in an inner, the inner peace is there. We have to get to a time of inner peace. And that, that used to be just a word, but now you're putting so much meaning into it, how it really relates to some us. In well, some and way. it goes through cycles like the earth. Like I, I'm a Virgo. I love the earth. I am an earth mama. And so like seeing the cycles of the earth and seeing that it's okay, like a tree loses its leaves. Okay. That's your hermit time. That's your time mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. really... Quiet. grow and be quiet and be retrospective and recharge and master a skill before coming out like with human design I took a whole year off of talking about it because it didn't feel right and I was just like hermited that idea and I was mastering mm. it in the background which is you know wonderful. to be able to yes. come forward and then now really share in a conscious way versus putting people in a box yes yes because mm -hmm. it's a, a lot of learning it's a lot of learning and, yeah. and, and the, um, the inner authority, talk about the inner authority. This is very important. I love this yeah. one. For all of you who are struggling with uh, a narcissist, this is your way to find your North Star. This is your- I promise, love that. I love that. And authority. I know what mine is. I know mine because I don't know why. I heard someone tell me, I'm an Aquarian North Star and a Taurus South. Okay. Mm. Love it. Absolutely. And this is why these summits are so passionate for you is to bring the collective together and elevate consciousness and allowing people to be their unique selves like this. That's your, this is the theme of this summit. And that's your North Star message, your North Node specifically. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Both, they're both the signs of both of my kids. Each of my kids is one of those signs. I'm not going to say who's who, oh, but it's that. awesome that I don't, how does that work? Does that work normally? I mean, how does that work in families? Does that ever happen? Or is that, is that an actual thing that happens or is this just my, my thing? I'm, I have a young family and I'm constantly watching and studying. I really think there is something behind that where we always say like our kids kind of act like us. And of course that's number one conditioning. But then I'm, when yeah. I know their charts and I'm always watching this, I know their astrology and their human design chart. It's like, I see that here. Like there are so many patterns that mm. are interlinked. Like my kids have a lot of elements that my husband has in his chart that really are prominent. And then there's others where my youngest has a lot of elements that I have in my chart. And I can see like, she's more prominently like me. Yeah, I think there's something to that, but I, I need to do more studying. So it's like, interesting. Yeah, I thought of that saying, this is such a coincidence. How can I that think be it's just karmic. a coincidence? Yeah. I think it's karmic. And I think we all choose like who our family is in this life. Mm -hmm. And to see that all kind of interlink in the charts is cool. Yeah, so your inner authority, back to the inner authority, yeah. is um, your way of knowing what is your next right step? What is your truth? So specifically an example for you, Janet, is, you have the emotional authority because yeah. your emotional center is defined. Anytime your emotional center is defined, that is your authority. Um, for me, an example is mine is undefined and my sacral is defined. So my authority is sacral. So as an emotional authority, you need to feel through the process. You should not say yes to anything until you've taken the time and felt happy, neutral, anxious and then neutral again about it mm. never say yes right away <laughs> for so the emotional i used to be such a you know the people pleaser it was the people yeah. pleaser. i would yes yes oh yes oh yes and then mm. i when i was um well i i'm sober 31 years this year so i've been i've you know part of this path and narcissism you get addicted you can be part of addictive patterns it can yeah. be food it can be you know shopping it could be gambling oh, yeah. it could be sex it can be drugs alcohol mine was just you know, alcohol it was the family picture. What can I tell you? And um, oh, what was I going to say about that? Sorry about your emotional. You said yes all the time. You're a people pleaser. Yes, there you go. That's where I was. And I just, my my sponsor in AA said, you know, no is a complete sentence. And I was like, I can't do that. And she's like, yes, you can. And then Melody Beattie showed up, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And maybe you don't want to say no. Maybe you just want to wait and say, oh, let me get back to you. Like that's. See, I never word. knew that word. That is a uh -huh. good one. Now that's the key sentence for everyone listening. If you don't know what you want to answer, just say, can I get back to you? That is like the best because it gives you like a pause. That's your pause. You don't have to answer. Nobody makes you answer. It's just your own inner anxiety that, oh, I, you know, or it's your people pleaser or whatever you want to call it, saying I have to say yes or no right now, but you don't. Yeah. You just say, yeah. can I get back to you? Yeah, can I get back to you? And if you have that sacral, um, which is called the pure authority, then you need to listen to your gut. So you need to practice asking yourself yes or no questions. So when it comes to these really big, important things, when it comes to is the narcissist really have the best interests in mind? Is what he's or she is saying true? Mm. Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Then you you tap into your gut and you actually, if you can practice again, because as children, we've been conditioned not to make these rude noises, but uh, mm. Mm, mm -hmm, 
as a yes. It'll come up from your sacral. Mm -mm is a no and a hmm is a maybe and you need to think about it and kind of feel through it still too mm, so it's like it's a really a beautiful practice and it's it helped me so much in um stop regretting like buying into the false lies stop stop buying things that i'll regret later stop committing to things <laughs> that I, I don't want to it's really really yes. important yeah. yes all of the above, absolutely. So important, so important. So I have, I have one quick question. This is crazy, but my whole family of projectors, when I did everybody's chart on the human design, I, I, I went, is that, how did that, did you ever hear of such a thing? I have not. That is very rare. Yeah. That and I is don't understand because... what that means. How do you work through something like that? So <laughs> all of you, I know, all of you, have to wait Our, for an invitation here. We have to be wait to be invited into things. I know you were just like, sitting around twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> isn't that awful? Nobody think, nobody wants to take the first step. Although, you know, one of my, my well, daughter see, for, does take the first step quite a bit. She's very good. That yeah. Way. And see, that's where the complexity of your chart comes is like, what's the profile, right? So those who have the six in their profile, that role model will be the ones to take that first step. Ah. And and you don't all just have to wait. Like you, you can have an inspiration and just start kind of pinging ideas off of each other. And, yeah. you know, invite, I think the biggest thing is that since you guys all know your strategy of wait to be invited, you can, you can actually be a very intentional family. You'd be like, so-and-so, what do you think about this? We, you know, we, we saw this, you know, mm -hmm. versus just kind of like, moving through things and something pops up you know or and you're just t talking to be talking like it's a very intentional conversation that you can generate and develop within your family of projectors and projectors have this wise wisdom they have like this depth of knowledge that's that's like wise beyond their years mm. so it can be a really in-depth family dynamic you can have some amazing just kind of like beyond consciousness conversations right like just mind-altering changing type of a, a thing yeah i mean that sounds awesome in the in the perfect idealistic way <laughs> yeah well of course there's so many other parts in the chart that yeah and we there's areas and of that. growth yeah <laughs> and the inner authority that has something to do with it too i would imagine <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's as far as making um decisions and things and and doing things yeah so the inner authority is important i'm you none of you are sacral as far as a pure authority because your <coughs> sacral is undefined what do you mean by um, that? what does that mean exactly so because your sacral center projectors every projector sacral center is undefined and for your authority to be sacral or pure, it has to be defined. So that's automatically um, weeded out. More than likely, because it is very common for people to have the emotional authority, you you all have that emotional authority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Possibly there might be a spleen in there, but yeah. So when you're interacting with each other, just know that you all have your emotional cycle. Like you have a certain cycle and all of your cycles are unique to you. Mm -hmm. So if someone's peeved or upset, just understand that they're on their low cycle, give them space and they'll be back to neutral again in a bit, you know? So not 
saying things or pushing buttons while they're in their low cycle and really being conscious about about that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) So interesting. I mean, it's just powerful to know these things about yourself. I mean, this is all the self-knowledge that's important for all of us to know about ourselves. And so some people might think this is irrelevant, but to me, this is absolutely almost crucial to know this stuff because how do you really, you know, navigate through the world when you don't understand who you are? Because we're the hardest thing to understand ourselves is so much harder. I can understand you quicker than I could understand me. Yeah. I can read about you and learn about you and go, oh yeah, I can see you quicker than I can see me. Yeah. And and it's just, this is what, you know, we're, we're meant to see ourselves first. We're meant to love ourselves first. And I remember being in a leadership course and one of the teachers was like, what is all this self-love stuff about? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Why are you making that negative? She, I think she thought of it as an old way of, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It just that you're too self-involved and that wasn't what it was all about. It wasn't self-involvement. It wasn't narcissism as we talk about narcissism. It is just loving who you are and accepting who you are, no matter what you've been through. Like you, you know, being able to stand up for yourself, being able in in a, you know, loving way, not in a violent, harsh way, but to do it with love. This is all about love-based learning. This is what I find human design is learning to love yourself, all the parts. My divine design mapping shows you your spiritual challenge, your physical challenges, your, then your, you know, your early life and your later life, and then your soul destiny. And all that shows you the parts of you that have helped design you. And are you on that path? Like, how far along are you on the path? And how far Because a lot of people wonder, like, they're confused. They're in this transition of healing, like. Yeah. Am I on the right path? And that's what I asked myself. And when I found the human design chart, I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually find my path. And Mm -hmm. that's even why I felt confident to write my book and dive deeper into my podcast, because that is in my chart. That is what I'm here to do. So I can Mm -hmm. confidently Mm -hmm. connected to my higher self, know that I'm, I'm doing what my soul is here to do. And of course, tweaking here and there. Okay, like take a left turn here, take a right turn here, but I'm going towards that soul's destiny trajectory. Yes, it's it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And I know we're moving right along here for time. So I I really, I know you gave a beautiful uh, free offer to the group and you also have a a, a paid offer. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it. If you don't, we'll have it in the links. It's probably, we'll have it all in the links. Uh, there is a human design reading special offer through uh, a paid offer for that uh, Raven is offering. And I would totally recommend that. As you just heard a little bit about me, I, I just think it's so important to learn different things. And then she, her free gift is all about 10 days, how to overcome the pain of narcissistic abuse and live narc free. And it's an audio series. I mean, that her, her audio series are fabulous. I highly recommend that too. So mm-hmm. everyone listening, I want to thank all the listeners for being here and, and yeah. we really appreciate you partaking and, you know, I hope we open some doors for you thank into you. who you are and what your life has been like. And, you know, Raven, you've been just, you're an incredible, it's like you're an, a soul interpreter. I just got those words. You're a soul mm-hmm. interpreter. I it just came through and, and uh, it's powerful what you're bringing so much clarity, so much knowledge, 
giving me tears here. <laughs> it's just so powerful. And I do appreciate all that you've been bringing through because it's just, it's, it's big for me too, because of how much I've learned just from, you know, knowing you and learning about what you do and you put the words to it that nobody else has put. You've mm -hmm. just made it clear. You are the courageous uh, journey or traveler that brought it through your energy and your willingness to, you know, bring it all through. It's just, it's so powerful. And we appreciate Thank that. You. And we are grateful for you to be on this path that you've chosen and to bravely and courageously go right out there and do it. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And the, 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 the 10 day series, the audio series inside there, there's a form to get your free human design chart. So oh. there's a, loads of stuff in there. Yes, there's a workbook. There's a full moon journal release. There's wow. that opportunity to get your free chart that I can send you. So yeah, it's it's jam packed with human design and healing. So, so there you go. It it's, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. So <laughs> I want to thank you again, Raven, for you being the soul interpreter that you are. <laughs> thank you. And um, again, thank you all for being here. Uh, you know, I'm Janet uh, Janet Miller, also known as Yara Atlantic Miller. That is a soul name I was given. And I love it because it connects to Atlantean lifestyles, which we are also shifting and, you know, healing those parts of our lives. Very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all raising our hearts frequencies to move into that divine human rising and to know that we are nourished with the love of the universe is so powerful. And all these different ways we're being shown is, is helping us with this beautiful love that the universe is sending us. Thank you. And we'll see you next episode here on the Empath and Narcissist podcast. How do you know you're on the right path? The healing journey is unique to each person, and it takes one baby step at a time. The truth about narcissists, journal ritual, EFT tapping, mirror work, connect with your healed ancestor, Ho'oponopono prayer, dealing with difficult people meditation, gratitude journal, and human design 101. These are just some of the few tools that I have included in the Empath and Narcissist book a healing guide with spiritual exercises. I am over here on the other side of the deep, dark cavern abyss that you're facing right now of the unknown. I'm here waving, cheering you on to take your next right step to the other side. And one of those steps is to educate yourself and gain all the healing tools that have helped me cross my own bridge to the other side and have a life full of abundance and love and peace away from the narcissist. You can find my book on Amazon and listen on Audible today. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it. Take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. Losing
time I'm fading fast I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose, what do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need what you need We're broken, it's tragic We're not all elastic But maybe there's magic Believe